why the hell do we always use aluminum for Diana headphones? Nobody knows. It's a big mystery. Mm. Yeah. There's why not titanium? Titanium? We actually did think about that at one point. Yeah, there's a lot of reasons for that one. Yeah, right. Well, there's, there's a little steel in there, too, though. Oh, there's a little bit. Yeah. Well, yeah, okay. We need steel for the to concentrate the magnetic field. Yeah. Ah. Otherwise, the flux capacitor won't work. Flux Stop capacitor. Stop fluxing. Yes. And then the headphone can't take you back in time to when the recording was made. Mm. Yeah, see, that people don't even know about that. Oh, one. yeah. yeah no, a, they don't. They don't realize there is a flux capacitor. A little known fact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there you go. Now, yeah, now you know our secret. Patent pending. Mm. <laughs> so, Diana... It's supposed to be a thin and light. So why would you make it out of metal? You can make it out of plastic or some sort of lightweight thing, right? Because metal, ooh, that's so heavy. And it actually, this is it's kind of heavy. Yeah. It's heavy, yeah. Quite. Yeah. The half-machined side of a Diana. Well, I would I call it Probably about half. two pounds. It's less than half, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Probably about a kilo, kilogram of, uh, of aluminum, a block. It's at, considerable. That one side of Diana's machined out of I think we remove like, 95% of the material to create the shell. <laughs> uh, it's like 94. Yeah, 94? Yeah. So, so, that, so what's left is 6% of what was, what, was a, what was a block of aluminum. Something like that, yeah. yeah. Mm. Don't but, worry, we recycle that, but mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. What that results in is a product that is comparatively very rigid, very strong, and durable, and rather lightweight as well. So compared to that being out of like an injection molded plastic part, you wouldn't really be able to design it like that. Yeah. No. Um, you wouldn't be able to get the strength out of it feasibly to make that type of part uh, work well. Yeah, um, it would have to be thicker plastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And if you were to make it look like that but function in a plastic part, it would most likely weigh more. It depends on how you design it because you couldn't really make it exactly like that. But generally speaking, that's actually a lighter part than a plastic part. Not only that, it would sound like plastic. And I know that's a difficult topic for people to understand, but materials have a sound, a characteristic sound when you're playing music within them. It's kind of like putting like a shell out of the ocean against your ear and, you know, yeah, I hear a noise coming from the shell. I mean, that's, that's kind of the airflow through the shell, but the shell has its own, creates its own noise. Well, yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, kind of. Yeah. So, but if that shell was made of plastic, it wouldn't sound the same as a shell that came out of the ocean, for sure. Oh, 3D printed shells? Well, if mm. it was made of concrete, it certainly would sound different, too. Well, that is true. We, do have, <laughs> we do have some plastic Dianas, though. Yeah. And yeah, they are a little lighter. Yeah. But, wow, are they weak? Yeah. <laughs> you know? What the 3D printed? Yeah, one? yeah. Well, yeah, they're, they're very weak because yeah, they're, yeah. they're literally printed to geometry. So. Right. Yeah, and we've yeah. done some 3D printed clothes back. Uh, um, prototypes too, and yeah. they sound severely like 3D printed plastic. They sure do, <laughs> you know. And it's a make because it's shocking to close back with nothing in it, so you, all you're hearing is reflections off the plastic from the driver, and it sounds like sound reflecting off a of plastic. And that's that's the reality of materials in such an enclosed, particularly in such an enclosed space. Speakers run into this too, where their cabinets, the interior of the cabinets, you, you know, most speaker manufacturers line their cabinets with foam. Well. A majority of that is so that you don't hear the sound bouncing off the wood in the cabinet mm. coming through the cone materials of the driver and you hear the interior of the cabinet. You're trying to dampen those interior vibrations and resonances from getting back through to the sound and mucking up the, the signal coming off the actual driver. And it's the same in a headphone. You know, you want to, you really want to not hear the materials you want to hear, assuming the driver sounds good. Mm. There are a couple of speaker manufacturers that actually want the cabinet to resonate because 
the cabinet resonating adds color oh. <laughs> yeah. to the sound. Well, I guess, yeah, the most extreme in the other direction would be like Magico and to the lengths they go with their cabinets to be as crazy as possible. Crazy like their sub, Like their baffles on their sub is like two-inch thick aluminum and Can you stuff. you imagine that? And, and they're like, that? it still well, flexes a little bit, but you know, yeah. that's impractical for a yeah. headphone. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, two-inch thick? Yeah. yeah. But this part... We could do it. <laughs> Two-inch thick headphones? But you'd need a support structure to wear it. Oh, you know, like, yeah, yeah. That probably goes on your shoulders and stuff to be able to handle the 50-pound weight. You'd be making speakers yeah. that are... That's I don't know. I think the... Uh, the returns on that one aren't stellar. I think it'd be a bad idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're you're a little past. People thought the Jekyllin float was Jekyllin float was a bad looking thing. Yeah. Giant, <laughs> just big bricks. Yeah, springs that rest on ceiling. your shoulders with with shoulder pads. <laughs> no, that'd be something. Yeah, at that point you're better off just getting a big boom. Remember the boom boxes used to have people carry them on their shoulders. That's where you want to go with that. I suppose. Yeah, that's a different thing. Well, get one that works on a car battery with a lot of power. Then you're good. Small car battery. Okay, we'll go for a... Yeah, that's, that's old school. Yeah. You wouldn't yeah. be running no 12, 12 volts. <laughs> oh, yeah, you put a car radio in a, in a pine box with uh, two big 6x9s. Yep. That's how they oh, did yeah. it back in Crank the day. Crank the shit out of it. Yeah, it's good for outdoor use. Mm. <laughs> you need power. Anyway, what There's were we options about? these days. Yeah. So, personally, I find a machined aluminum enclosure to be a very viable choice. And a bunch of other manufacturers settle on this as well, so can't be too far off. But it offers very high rigidity, good strength, which they are two different things. And uh, aluminum is comparatively low cost for a machining process. The material isn't super expensive or rare, but it results in a very durable, reliable, robust part. You could hold tight tolerances. You don't need to worry about humidity and, and whatnot and temperature changes causing dimensional issues. Um, the expensive tooling on our CNC machines lasts a good time because... True. To the to the to the bits and the tools and yeah. the machine, it cuts through aluminum fairly fairly easily. Easy to machine. It's almost so, like yeah. butter to a knife. Because you much. could make it out of a different metal. Of course, there's a whole bunch of different exotic alloys. Or that wood. You can make it out of wood, but you couldn't make that part out of wood. It'd be very very brittle. Uh, even if you used a real fancy hard stabilized wood, it would need to be a very different design. Uh, well, they need like inserts for the screws and stuff. Right. Adding more weight. And tolerances would probably suck. Well, well I suppose that's something yeah. a lot of consumers probably aren't aware, but generally speaking, most products are designed around the manufacturing process and the materials they're going to be made out of. Kind of have to be. Well, if they're optimized. Yeah. Um, so if you make something in plastic and you just change it to a different material and you make it exactly the same, usually there's huge optimizations left over for cost, weight, size, reliability, whatnot. Um, but if you heavily optimize it for one particular material, you can't just change materials. It's a different product, different manufacturing thing. And to make something like this out of titanium, it would be much, much heavier. It'd be very, very difficult to machine. It would be orders of magnitude more expensive. It would be astronomical. And it would serve no real purpose. And it would serve yeah. absolutely no function. Yeah. No, no functional enhancement other than yeah. you could do like a cool flame added eyes or something right. like that on it. <laughs> Which is pretty yeah, sick. We looked yeah. into that, but it's rather random. <laughs> yeah. Well, I want to do like a PVD or something like that. I'd do like a rainbow PVD coating or something. Yeah. Or do some fancy pants coatings on that. But you could do that on aluminum, and then that's much more practical and economical. Making that out of titanium would be insanity and provide absolutely no functionality. And, in fact, it would be considerably heavier. So I guess what it boils down to, to make a shape like that into a headphone, there's not a hell of a lot of other materials to choose from. Well, they all got the pros and cons. I mean, you can make it out of magnesium, and it'll be lighter, but then it's got different problems. It's like too expensive. Price and fire. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't that, the, the shavings from that kind of burn? 
Yes, a potentially problematic in that sense. Uh, there's so there's a risk of yeah, yeah potential it's dangerous fire stuff to work with. Uh, yeah, in, yeah, in a machine setting, stable. Yeah. And on top yeah, of that, but, the yeah. cost of magnesium is so far off aluminum, the difficulty to maintain, to get it and stuff like that in bars and whatnot. It would be a supply nightmare, especially during this current situation. Well, that, yeah, availability is a big um, But aluminum, yeah. huge supply network, very economical raw material. Really what you pay for in a machined aluminum part isn't the material, it's the time put into the part. The material is, you know, a few bucks or whatever. It's the machine time. The machine time is potentially very, very expensive. Yeah. Um, but when the machines are expensive. The tooling's expensive. The guy running the machine is expensive. Yes. The guy programming the machine is expensive. So I, people probably don't understand. There's a whole ecosystem around a machine. It's not just a machine making parts. It does. No, no. It doesn't happen network. by magic. There's yeah. a lot of steps that come before the machine can actually make the part. A lot of steps that go on while the part's being made, and then there's a lot of steps after the part's made. So it's it, yes. It's there's is there's so that's that's where the time comes in. It's a lot of. It's a lot of time <laughs> to make parts yeah. on a CNC machine. And it's not two bucks. The machines are expensive. They're expensive per hour to operate. Right. There's hard costs, electric costs. These things are not trivial. They're, they're really substantial costs. Yeah. I mean, there are uh, logistical reasons, too, of running all aluminum, because then all the machines are all running the same tooling. You can interchange stuff as you need it, and they're all running aluminum. So you don't need to like, clean them out, you know, right. switching materials and such. So it's yeah, it makes a mess of things if you start yeah. throwing wood chips into a yeah. into a CNC running aluminum, which we did do once. You make a bit of a slurry going on there yeah. in the cooling. <laughs> yeah, five different chips in there. And then yeah. you can't really effectively recycle them. Yeah, Nobody recycling. wants your yeah, chips. right. Yeah, it's called it's called garbage. Yeah, yeah. contaminated so, chips. Yeah. So yeah, even so, that's another point is mixing and matching. Like if we run if we run a steel part, we'll run the steel onto one machine, and you got to clean it out. Yeah, it's like so, an hour. Yeah, you know. to clean one out really thoroughly. Yeah. For the baffles on the 1266, right? We run, we have to run those once in a while. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we try to run all the steel together. Yeah. yeah. Because then we're back on aluminum. So, yeah, but other than that, yeah, I think that gives people an idea of why the hell we're using aluminum because uh, it's the best solution for what we're doing here. Ticks the most boxes. Yeah. Well, with economies of scale, there's very little choice. Uh, Moving to something else isn't a little more, it's dramatically more expensive. And really, for our parts that aren't, Getting to 10,000 degrees, there's no advantage. Yeah, Typically, sending them to space. Yeah. you wouldn't use titanium for a low-temperature application unless you had some sort of weird chemical interaction or you needed to be inert in some sort of weird environment or something like that. I remember we did look to make one, just to, for fun to make one titanium yeah. one, and not only was the raw material so expensive, but the, we would have to change um, the program because it couldn't run the same fees and speeds, obviously. And, and it, would have, it would have taken too long just to make one. And the cost was so high It'd probably that it just choose through a set of tools for every part. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the problem. <laughs> or a few parts. Yeah, making that frame out of titanium would pretty much be like the cost of the headphone right there. It would be in- it's insanity. Yeah, I, I looked think, into yeah, it. Wasn't it like five hundred dollars for like the just material that? was crazy expensive. Two of them, very really? very expensive. Yeah, something like that. Several hundred dollars. Yeah. Some of the thicknesses we need, you probably can't even get. Well, that's the well, other easily. Yeah. No, it's mostly custom. Yeah, right. But it was the problem. All stock. Yeah. Yeah. So so yeah, it's that's why we use aluminum. It's that easy. In a nutshell. Well, right? I wouldn't say it's easy, but out of the available <laughs> options, it's practical. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's possible. And it results in a part that is superior than almost anything else um, while still being like a feasible part to manufacture. It's not a $100,000 part or something. It's not a rocket part. Well, that one, we have, a, we have an intimate understanding of how aluminum sounds. So we can adjust accordingly. We know, we understand the sound of the reflections off of the material how it resonates, 
And we've learned to compensate and adjust everything for that. The drivers, the tuning, the the way that you shape the product, everything. We can we 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 understand it like, you know, just like knowing how water comes out of a faucet, mm. you mm. can understand it. You know, how it's what's gonna happen after that. Oh. I know <laughs> so. Ferraris like that. They use a lot of aluminum in their cars and everybody's like, Why aren't you using carbon fiber? And they're like, Well, we know a lot of different alloys and we have they have like thirty different alloys per car in yeah. each different spot and everything. Right. They're like, It's what we know. Right. So we use it. Yeah, you just get used to it. You know, it's it's kind of it'll be the same as cooking with certain ingredients versus not well, using yeah. something else. You know, you just you know how to make things. It's same with components and amplifiers. The the, the higher end guys know what a transistor, how a particular transistor type will act, bias different ways, and they they adjust that accordingly. And they just they'll work with those transistors until you can't get them anymore. And then they'll buy as many of them as they can yeah, before like, they go out. Yeah, and it's it's simply because they have like a unique understanding of that part and. To do that all over again is a lot of work, mm. right? You're learning a whole new, it's a whole new learning curve every time you change parts. So, and that would be the same here. If you change materials, everything changes around it. It's not just the material, it's everything. The machining processes, the assembly processes, the finishing processes. It's So, yeah, Ch- change is sometimes good, but not in manufacturing. Right, right. <laughs> well, well, it's very difficult. And as a result, usually you don't produce a part that's as good as your mature prior process. All right, there's some merit to having a process that is very, very mature. You know the ins and outs. You can make very consistent, reliable parts, and you know how to push it right to the limit. But new process, there's a lot of things that are uncertain. You know, you got to figure things out. So usually you don't make as good of a part. I guess doing it the first time with aluminum, we knew. We knew right in the beginning when we were trying to make just one set of titanium ones, it's like, this is not going to make sense. <laughs> you know, we knew to stop before we even started. It's like, well, you start this, looking is at the numbers and, this is not worth it. Yeah, I wanted to do stainless steel and yeah. nickel bronze, but the costs are just crazy it's the time, high. Though. We did like, you'd have to like work on it all day on one machine, that'd be down. It's like, yeah. it's not worth yeah, it. Yeah, the machine is so slowly yeah. because the material is so hard to yeah. cut through. Right. That's why usually as a consumer, if you see something made out of something that they claim to be an exotic alloy, either it's designed in a way that it's machinable or manufacturable, designed out of round stock or something like that and run on a lathe and it's a simple operation, or um, it more or less is a, a veneer to make it look like titanium. It's like a there's some sort of underlying structure and they coat it in something or they cover it. You're not it doing a lot of machine processes it's not, to the part. Right. It's not a heavily yeah. machined 3D surface part or something like that because that yeah. would be just a staggering cost scissors for a consumer product. Scissors on that. Yeah. yeah. Well, like the low-end scissors, they all say titanium. If you notice, all scissors say titanium on yeah. them, but they're not obviously not titanium. They just got a coating. What is that, a vapor? They just put a, uh, don't they just I would vapor deposit, I think? A, it would be, yeah, yeah PVD or yeah. something like that. I think, yeah, just to make it a little wear, yeah. wear, wear slower. CBD right. or PVD, I would imagine, yeah. but it's just a thin coating on the outside, and unfortunately, consumers are kind of sort of convinced into thinking that uh, things are made out of what they say but it's a little misleading there's a lot of that where they say it's some it's exotic right. material but it's like a coating yeah. right like a gold plating on something that could be may not, e- may not even matter 
yeah, to the overall like a lot performance. of times it doesn't actually enhance performance. Sometimes yeah. it does. I always wondered about drill bits, you know? I mean, there's definitely a difference between People tested shitty oh, drill no, bits and stuff. But there's a big difference. Yeah, it depends yeah. on the material you're drilling. It's the yeah. material, yeah. Usually in like a drill press, it doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. The average person's going to roast the drill <laughs> so fast before the thing Too wears out, it won't matter. Yeah. But in, in some materials, it makes a big difference. The coatings can be a world of difference. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes. Well, yeah. If you ever drilled a stainless steel plate, you know how much. I hate drilling stainless steel. <laughs> how much yeah. the drill on matters. It, in any way, shape, yeah. or form, press or by hand. Yep. Yeah, stainless sucks. It's not forgiving. Yeah. Well, and as soon as you start realizing, oh, I think this uh, drill bit's roasted, it's already too late. It's yeah. like, I think it might. Nope, it's gone. Yeah. It won't cut yeah, anything. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, I a few videos back, I ran into that with cutting concrete board. That's oh. that's some amazingly that makes tools hot real fast. <laughs> yeah, carbon fiber is. <laughs> that's like not that a too. high speed cut on that stuff. Yeah, that that stuff will warn you about speed and cutting when on certain materials. You got to slow way down. Yeah, well, like most people just hammer it and go for it. Mm, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, pushing doesn't help. Yeah, You'll get by in wood, but yeah, not in some work. materials. Yeah. yeah. So, anyway, that's the reason why we use aluminum. Okay, everyone, thank you for watching. And uh, Christmas is coming, so remember to. Remember that people are going to need headphones for Christmas, so order oh, yeah. order soon because we're going to run out before Christmas. Yeah, you might want to get on it. Yeah, it's, it's getting already kind of late. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and uh, so, yeah, that's at abyssheadphones.com. Or you could buy, go cheap, and just get some pillows and stuff at uh, some some of our pillows at abyssstore.com. Yeah. But uh, in any case, thank you, everybody, for watching. Take care.